Greetings and welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Pollock. Jay. And uh, you've joined us for Season 2, Episode 8, A Matter of Honor. Uh, a Klingon episode, so Foley's going to be happy. And it's finally, finally... It's a really good one. Yeah, it's a great episode. And, excitingly, it stars everyone's favorite commander of Cobra, Chris Lotta. The voice of Starscream, the voice of Cobra Commander, mm-hmm. the original voice of Mr. Burns, apparently. Voice yep. actor extraordinaire. Wow, it's so exciting. As the captain of the Klingon vessel that appears in this episode. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm done. I'm giving this full admiral. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us here aboard the Diecast Enterprise. They could put Chris Lotta into like any episode and I'd just be like, done, full marks. Uh, I don't think he would have livened up the child enough for me. It would have helped. What if he was the helped. child? <laughs> if he was the child. If Chris Lotta that's, was the child. That's a different thing. That's right. That's right, it's a different thing. How do I say? Yeah. So this episode is basically about a officer exchange program that the Federation is involved in. And as such, our boy Riker is going to head over to the Kling- to this Klingon ship to be a first officer for a while. Because uh, no one has ever done that before. Yeah, yeah, and Riker's all about that. Meanwhile, the Enterprise is getting a uh, Benzite officer. Yeah, Ensign uh, Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Ensign Mendon, played by the guy who played uh, Modoc in... Uh, the first episode that we had with a Benzite. And the yeah. reason is because that the prosthetics had been molded for his face. So when he was available, they got him back so they didn't have to make new Benzite prosthetics. The actor naively thought that they loved him and wanted him back. He was fine. Yeah. No, he was great. It's funny, like, reading the actor talking, was talking about it. It's like, yeah, I thought they really wanted me back. It just turned out that just meant they didn't have to remake the prosthetics. And I was kind of naive, but it was still, like, I would have done that. So, yeah, sure. Hey, whatever. He, he, he nailed it. Yeah. He was, totally. he was annoying and brash and uh, a total tool. He's yeah. a perfect His performance head. was fantastic. Yeah. So, I, I want to say regarding the... Uh the first officer exchange program it's a really great idea from a storytelling standpoint because oh, it yeah. opens it up yeah. for so many things that they can do so it's kind of a brilliant idea it yeah, is fantastic. And yeah. so much so that they make use of it throughout the series exactly uh, this uh, exchange program will come up uh, in several more episodes in next gen usually with the Klingons usually with the Klingons yes yeah. uh, important episodes too so that's yeah. exciting and certainly when we get to those episodes in however many years uh, we will uh, we will discuss that <laughs> Ah, oh, man. This episode, like, it, it starts with, with the... Benzite. With the new officers coming aboard the Enterprise. And then Riker and Picard go to, to essentially the they, shooting range. They basically, yeah, they go to the rifle range. They go duck hunting. Yeah. It's, it's very stark. It's a really weird minimalist kind of set it's well, they, very they've used it several times actually mm-hmm. the, the shooting range thing it's in the holodeck even though that isn't clear from this yeah. this time yeah uh, um, there's an episode with uh, Picard and Gaiman there and Gaiman mm-hmm. and Worf and another one yeah yeah Yep. so they, they just shoot at basically little colored dots yeah it's very much like the uh, movie The Black Hole has a scene like this with uh, Vincent and the uh, and the sentry robots aboard the Cygnus uh, playing this, uh, this uh, shooting game. It's almost exactly like you know these colored dots flying around that they have to uh, that they have to bullseye. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, uh, Picard kind of dances around the issue. He, he gives a rundown of how the program works and kind of suggests... Well, Picard knows that, how to oh, yeah. get Riker's yeah, exactly. interest. You know, you don't oh, just yeah. say, hey, Riker, do this. Riker would be like, nah. No, no. You gotta tease Riker. You gotta seduce Riker. <laughs> Riker's a man. He's got feelings. He needs to feel wanted. He has to be desired. And yeah, so <laughs> Picard essentially tricks Riker into... Or, uh, oh, I think they're, they're, he's yeah. all over it. He knows oh, yeah. right away. Like, yeah. Uh, He's yeah. he's in. Yeah. And he wants to do it because no one's ever done it before. Like, exactly. Like, it's all over that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's this, like, you know, why do you climb a mountain? Why do you uh, go aboard a Klingon? Uh... To hug the mountain. Yeah. To, to yeah. hug the Klingons. <laughs> to, of course. To make love to, to that those mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, well, um, this whole episode is great. Totally. So they, they like, is the next scene Riker eating disgusting <laughs> yeah. Klingon food? Yeah, the next scene we get Riker in... <clears throat> in 10 forward, just like, chowing down. Mm-hmm. He has enough food for about five people. Yeah, it's it's quite absurd, his uh, his parting feast. Well, later on he goes, you know, there's another meal where he has another meal on the Klingon ship, and they're like, oh, you're not hungry? He's like, yeah, no, I'm pretty full. He's like, yeah, yeah. no shit, you just <laughs> ate like a week's worth of food. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's, it's kind of important because... You know, the idea there is him making sure that he can handle all their food. So when he yeah. goes and eats it, it's not for the first time. He, he uh, He's handled this stuff yeah. before. Yeah, as we joked about it, it's it's probably a good idea for you to not take a bite of something in front of the Klingons and then just projectile vomit. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah exactly. That's going to make you look bad. Yeah. So yeah, he, he orders a bunch of really gross looking <laughs> stuff and uh, no one else wants to eat it. Not surprisingly. Pulaski's all grossed out in her one scene. Oh, Pulaski. Picard comes in too and like wishes him the best. and uh, Also does not partake. Also does not eat yeah, anything. <laughs> Like, Riker's like, here, here's some hot chocolate with uh, what appears to be celery in it. And uh, Picard's like, celery is not food. Get this away from me. He's yeah. right. Celery's disgusting. Celery is gross. 100% agree. Um, yeah, not even Klingons would eat that shit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's our stance on celery. <laughs> Deal with it. So, th- this is our only scene with Pulaski, which is you know, totally acceptable. Uh, one, one character who does not appear in this episode, or a couple characters, we don't have Troy, no Troy. and we don't, we have no Jordy, and, and fa- we would have to assume this is the first episode that Jordy has not been yeah. in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We we would have to assume that once again there was a romantic subplot that they had to cut out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Between Jordy and Troy. No, no. That's why they're both gone. Between uh, Jordy and the... Uh, what's his name? Men- Mendon? Mendon. Mendon. Yeah. Well, maybe. And then, you know, he, he ends up with Wesley at the end. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We're, we're going we'll to, to, yeah. we'll to that. <laughs> the, the, the link between Mendon and Wesley is strong. Oh, yeah. So, so the, then the Klingon, the Klingon bird of prey, the Pa, shows up and... Um, Captain Chris Lada comes on the, the viewer and demands they beam over William Riker immediately. Yeah, he's uh, not very polite. Beam no, over your first officer immediately. But it's great, right? Because yeah. the whole thing yeah. is like, hey, yeah. you, you know, there, here's a really like really not so subtle way to highlight the cultural differences between the Klingons and Starfleet. And yeah, it, it works. It actually works really well. It doesn't feel forced. It's good. And I would say that this is one of the first episodes that really starts to create the the Klingons. The as modern three, Klingon. Yeah, yeah, as more yeah. three-dimensional three-dimensional characters yeah. who who have, you know, a very different definition of how to live life and and their their yeah. feelings like, on we, honor. like we get some insight into that like Worf is giving mm-hmm. uh giving Riker advice and, you know, it turns out that Klingon first officers are expected to assassinate their captains yeah. like at, once 
once their captain yeah. ceases to be capable. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, and, and that's that, the whole that, chain of command. Like yeah, the reverse chain to of command. Go down the line, you know, it's like the second officer would be expected to murder the first officer, mm-hmm. and you got to wonder, like, how who's you know who's under whose judgment was someone deemed to be unworthy? Well, I guess if you can kill them, they weren't worthy. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That I think that essentially becomes it. Is like if the uh, like if there's the captain and the second officer just suddenly sneaks up and murders the first officer the captain's gonna be like well any decent Klingon wouldn't have fallen for that so congratulations you're number one makes sense and 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 we really do get that right away when uh, Riker Riker's like Worf that sounds insane and Worf Worf says this is pretty much the way it's worked for centuries yeah Yeah. he's like it's worked for centuries don't disrespect me (laughs) Uh, meanwhile uh, the fish man the vaping fish man oh let's talk about his vaping (laughs) okay first of all does Mordok vape yeah they both do they got that that face thing damn like it's I guess it's how they breathe whatever no it's it's not it's clearly an e-cigarette it's annoying as hell it's as obnoxious in Star Trek as it is in real life it's not e-cigarette as much as it's like an e-cig harmonica yeah well yeah it's it's kind of special in that way it does look like a cross between like a harmonica yeah, sick. And totally. just, yeah, the whole time, like, he's talking to anybody on the ship, he's just vaping and breathing, the, you know, the fumes are in everybody else's face. And he is a little bit of a prick. Like, he's he's yeah. he's hard to take. He's but very overconfident. He, he's super eager. Very prideful. Yeah, he, he really wants to please, and it, uh, it manifests itself in such a way that he comes off as kind of an insufferable prat. Yeah, yeah super exactly. arrogant. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I have an idea on how you could improve the efficiency of this. I'm going to report that to the captain. It's like you guys are doing a really good job, but uh, actually, I know how to do it better. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's funny because like he's trying to be complimentary, but at the same time, he also wants to prove himself. Sure. And therefore, he's you know, it's like, wow, that is great. That is great work you're doing. Let me tell you how to do it better. Yeah. Even that's almost too polite. Yeah. It comes off more. It's more abrasive than that. The way he yeah, does it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, the thing I didn't get. This is probably like the fiftieth time I've ever watched this episode, and I didn't understand until this very time that I I don't believe he's actually in Starfleet. No, no, no I, he's, he's part of the exchange program. Yeah, okay. Is, is my understanding. So I guess the question is like, he, he, so he, but it's he confusing wears the uniform. They, they slapped a uniform on, on him when he came on the ship. But Riker didn't get a Klingon uniform. Why was Riker not outfitted with a, a vaping unit too? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not on a Benzite ship. He's going to a Klingon oh, ship. okay. You know, like, it's not like a one-to-one exchange, you know, like the Klingons didn't give them their Benzites. No, no, you I know, know that. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, some officer from, you know, yeah, they're all, is a rotation yeah mm. it's just the uniform thing i'm puzzled about like yeah. you didn't give Riker a klingon uniform yeah it, it is kind of strange but that does kind of seem like a starfleet sort of thing that, yeah if you're you know, serving oh, aboard you're, a starfleet vessel here's you gotta be your, in uniform here's your uniform yeah. whereas the klingons like you're an you honorary got, if you can fight you you're you're good with us you, you yeah. can be yeah. on the ship humans can't wear a klingon uniform because you may not realize it but there's actually several knives attached to the inside back which <laughs> yeah. stab you when you wear them it's yeah. just klingons are so badass they don't care it's why they're angry all the time like <laughs> yeah. pit bulls because they're skulls too small (laughs) makes sense yeah Uh, maybe Riker would have changed into one like for day two if he had made it to day two this ends up being a very short assignment Riker is aboard the the Klingon vessel for like all of like 12 hours at tops right and the reason we know it's only that long is because when the vessel encounters the Enterprise Mendon uh while the, the pleasantries are being exchanged between Captain Kaga and, and Picard and Riker's transferring over, Menon discovers some sort of abnormality on the uh, the Klingon hull. A sort of 
microbial substance. Yeah, which he, he does some scanning on, and uh, the scans are inconclusive, and because he is not well-versed in chain Federation of chain of command or etiquette, yeah. he doesn't bother to report this to anyone. Yeah, uh, because in uh, on a Benzite ship, you don't report something until you have fully analyzed it and have a um, solution. Have a solution for right. it. So, Which is super dumb. Yeah, it yeah. totally is. It uh, flies in the face of the efficiency that he's so keen about, yeah. because it would be much more efficient to have many people working on a needless, potentially deadly problem. Needless to say, um, the Enterprise also gets infected by this thing, and they realize quickly that it's a serious issue. So then when... And not Mendon only is, a really serious issue, but a more serious issue for the Klingon ship. Yeah, their yes. ship is more susceptible. The, the microbes uh, attack a certain mm-hmm. mineral, and there's a lot more of it in the... The Klingon the hull is comprised of more of that than the... Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, naturally when he's called onto the floor and Mendon, you know, everyone's pissed off at him because he's like, why didn't you tell us about this? He defends himself. He's like, oh, well, on the Benzite ship. Yeah, we wouldn't do this. Using proper procedure and then I'm he gets assuming. dressed down by Picard. Yeah. Now, uh, Picard's like, oh, yeah, Benzite, Benzite ship, what's that? Like? Can we, uh, can we talk about how great uh, Worf is with Mendon? Oh, man, he hates the shit out of him. Oh, Just man. Just right from the first time. Worf and Mendon are my, like, aside from what's going on in the Klingon stuff are my yeah. favorite part of this episode because <laughs> so Worf he's just like quietly menacing Mendon it's like great. he just like hovers behind him occasionally and says something vaguely threatening to the guy and then he'll like just turn just do a half turn like just it's it's not even worth fully looking at Mendon for yeah. Worf to a, but like he's gonna make sure that he, he feels the brunt of his hatred yeah so like initially it's fantastic you know oh. the, the, the very first instance is right after the uh, the Klingons have, uh, you know, cut hailing after, you know, demanding Riker. Um, Mendon just kind of knows, like, not very hospitable, are they? And uh, and Worf is like, that is not your concern. Focus on your, on what you're, focus on your shit, Ensign. And he's yeah. like, oh, oh, I, I didn't mean to offend. You did not. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> the best line is uh, when Mendon basically interrupts Picard at the beginning as Picard's leaving the bridge yeah. to just to tell him, oh, I'm, you know, oh, I've got If you have cool a few stuff. minutes, I'd like to tell you about all all of the things I want to change on your ship. And Picard basically tells him, hey, look, listen, dog, listen, dog. We have this thing called the chain of command. So why don't you report to your immediate supervisor? And if, it's, if they deem it worthy, they'll tell me about yeah, it. You will report. That happens to be Lieutenant Worf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you may impress me. <laughs> so good. So good. You can practically see Mendon gulp like <laughs> Adam's apple just bobbing up and down on his throat. I mean aside from just the idea that Worf just doesn't take shit like this. Oh yeah. no. That being a re- justification enough for not liking Mendon. The other main reason the subtext here is that once again here's this dude who just comes on the ship he's just vaping while on duty making a big stink and Worf already is the sensitive issue on the ship isn't that as we know Klingons stink. Worf has to go to all sorts of lengths to not yeah. stink up the, the bridge. He's made bare all sorts of you know yeah, he's, uncomfortable. He's using things like soap yeah. and deodorant. deodorant which he wants no part that of that is really against gold his culture gold bond powder under his ridges and then yeah and then here comes this this uh, Benzite this gross yeah. fish man yeah. fish man exactly onto his on a wharf's bridge and he's stinking out the place making it smell like a, like a taxi cab <laughs> not cool no Worf's having none of that no. <clears throat> we're, we're, we're 100% with Worf on this yeah <laughs> yeah 
So, <laughs> so meanwhile, Riker is transported over to the Klingon ship, and he starts to orient himself, which means he gets in a fight with the next guy down the chain. The second officer. The second officer, because yeah. uh, he's, he's, he just doesn't believe that uh, Riker's going to do the job. He has yeah. no trust in him, so they have to have a battle. What's See, weird, immediate though, wolf pack yeah, mentality the, takes the, over. The like. second officer, though, like, after he beats him up, like, later in, the, like, for the rest of the episode... Oh, they're got, best buddies. Yeah. They're, they're cool. Yeah, yeah, but no, but I'm getting at... He's got different teeth for the rest of the episode. <laughs> like in like in the first scene when you see him when he's up above Riker, he's got yeah. these really severe teeth like on his mm. upper teeth. But after their fight, once they once they go to the galley and are eating, all of a sudden his teeth have gone to much more normal Klingon teeth. Well, hmm. I mean like to I, I kind of think that maybe like j- they like they did that first scene and then he was just then they like discovered like I can't act with these teeth there. That's that's exactly why they Yeah, did. and yeah. and it yeah. became standard standard on um on next gen and I don't know if it was already standard at this point but uh, it became standard that uh, people that were playing Klingons were given their teeth inserts uh, several days in advance of filming oh so they could practice yeah so that they could yeah. wear them and get used to them because the Klingon teeth are quite big and the, change your mouth I know in Deep Space Nine this is something with all the Ferengi running around this is something that's another change they had to make with the Ferengi like mouth prostheses yeah. had to be changed because they originally were upper and lower fake teeth yeah they had like tremendous underbites yeah they did away with that so that they're basically only wearing top top mm-hmm. row teeth because like for Quark for example he's one of the principal characters he just can't talk with that thing in his yeah. mouth all the time and and to be fair you know you usually only ever see anyone's top teeth like yeah. when, when we speak basically. our bottom lip is covering our bottom teeth most of the for time for most people yeah unless it, you're doing that cool shot from yeah. below like they did yeah, at yeah. the start there yeah. yeah so so yeah like his top teeth were much different at the beginning of our time aboard the ship than towards the end towards the end you just had like right much more normal Klingon T, but at the very beginning, yeah really big ones yeah like I found them like distractingly big at that in that first shot I was like whoa those are serious Klingon teeth so uh you know the the guy challenges Riker and Riker tosses him through a view screen it's great yep uh he's he's not gonna take any shit and he he gains their respect then and there and then he pledges his fealty to this ship like he is and and to Captain Kagan yeah exactly who is again Chris Lotta and is amazing Starscream yeah that voice and the way his mustache was always falling off. Just on one side. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not attached well. He, was, he looked great. He basically looked like just a disheveled hobo. Yeah. yeah. And he was the captain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, It's weird, you know, because Klingons pride themselves on being, you know, warriors and strong and stuff. But a lot of the Klingons we see are just big fat guys. A lot of the captains are yeah, big captains. fat burly guys. Yeah. 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 You know, like, and so it, it's just this weird kind of... Uh, it's sort of like kind of makes sense I guess in that like by the time you reach the rank of captain you've had to then you're like you're the you're the the head lion in the pride right yeah you, you don't you don't have to do the physical stuff as much you've yeah. got you've got your others to do it for you yeah but still it just seems like you know the the ment- the Klingon mentality to me seems to be that Klingons you know priding themselves on being warriors would stay fit like I mean we, I mean there's there's our wharf uh, doing yeah. his crazy calisthenics all the time well you see the see all the food they're eating it's not exactly yeah. a healthy lifestyle I mean no. they all expect to be dead by 40 that, that's, that's true that's yeah. fair that's fair uh, one thing I want to comment on is just the lighting of the Klingon bridge uh, just because <laughs> yeah. like it's it's this it's it's dark it's mostly red lights and uh, just it's it's very much a war bridge yeah. and, and we see like it's it's best of both worlds later on when the Enterprise is a war vessel it is lit much like that yeah the battle bridge in particular yeah. the battle bridge yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, or uh, yesterday's, I, and I, yesterday's I, I, I guess 
Enterprise. Space Enterprise is what yeah. I'm thinking about, yeah. not uh, Festival of Worlds, of course. Yeah. Festival of Worlds is still very much uh, cruise ship lighting. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yesterday's Enterprise is what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I like that, that, you know, the... I'm curious. They have that uh, difference in the lighting to kind of delineate that it's much more of a warship. Okay, than... I'm curious. Does having your bridge darker improve I, your, your I, battle efficiency? I, I was going to point makes out... it look more like I was going to ask the exact same yeah. question, right? Like, if for a submarine. For... Like, it looks like Crimson Tide. Yeah. yeah, or Red October. Like, why <laughs> yeah. the hell did you want all the instruments to be cast in red light? Like, I mean, it, okay, for, for artistic purposes <laughs> and dramatic purposes, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But yeah. in real, the real terms, there's yeah. no way you'd have your yeah, the bridge I in I feel the like skin. that would hurt the eyes. Yeah, you'd be able to see. You know, like, even Battlestar Galactica, the new series, does it to a certain degree. Like, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the bridge on the Galactica is not well lit. Like, it's pretty mm-hmm. dark, and I'm just like... Well, no. your One, ideal your ideal battle bridge for real wartime would be like that the. Um the control room in the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, one thing about red light is that uh, with, with red light, you don't lose your night vision. Oh. So you can go into like any darkened place from from or into uh, a red lit room without losing your night vision in any way. Oh, so it does have that advantage. And but, that, on a, but on a submarine or a space vessel, on a submarine, yeah. there's no light whatsoever. So if the yeah. lights go out, you don't night vision is going to help you at all. It's pitch black. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the same theoretically in space. I guess, unless it's windows. Yeah, so I guess it might make make sense on a naval vessel if you have to go it, out on the deck. It makes sense on a but, naval vessel, except yeah. a submarine. And, and that's <laughs> the thing. We, we have kind of, like, the Enterprise ships and just Star Trek ships are all kind of modeled after naval vessels. Like, yeah. if you look yeah. at the original series, it really looks like an old old yeah. battle freighter. You're totally right. Yeah. And, and like, like we often say about the Enterprise in Next Gen, it looks like a cruise ship. Like, it's, <laughs> it's it carpeted, it's tow. Which is why it totally <laughs> makes know? sense for that guy exactly. who got thawed out from the 20th century to have mistaken it for the Queen E. Absolutely. I, I, that was definitely an intentional joke to, to jab at uh, the, the new uh, look of Next Gen. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's just kind of an interesting thing, uh, the, the lighting choice there that really shows the difference between the culture and mm-hmm. kind of where they are in terms of uh, how they relate to the rest of the, uh, the Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good call. Yeah. So, um, our Klingon, Klingon meal. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, they go right. <laughs> the Klingons are, you they, know. They, the Klingons, they fight on the bridge. And then, then they have lunch. Yeah, yeah. then they have lunch. Uh, where uh, they're all like, oh, you know, this human is going to like try to eat our food. This Won't this be hilarious? Listen, if it's too much for you, maybe we can get one of the women to nurse you. <laughs> Great burn. Yeah, yeah, it was that, really good. Burn. Everyone, you know? everyone laughs. Yeah, including Riker. Riker's, Riker's into it. Yeah. Uh, and then, like... The ladies start hitting on Riker because they're they're like yeah. they're like oh they all wonder how you would how you would hold up to what to them. To them. He's like just one or both. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's not very handsome. Yeah, the Klingons well, have him. Yeah. <laughs> the Klingons don't realize the Federation has sent their top man yeah. Oh, yeah. on this front. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't see the next scene, but you know, there's this. They, there could be stuff going down. Yeah. William Riker reporting for booty. I mean duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and then like when she leaves, she's like, "I may be back for you later." And she leaves, and, and he's, and then like just for just for a moment, like like the mirth breaks, and he's like, "Is she serious?" Yeah. And the other guy's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, man, yeah, <laughs> like yes, yeah, dude, oh yeah, no." And then there's just kind of like a moment of silence there. Hmm. Let, let, oh. They just let that hang in the air for like. Like, hmm, huh. we, we all ponder that. <laughs> and then they have a bit of a heart-to-heart. 
yeah. about dads. About yeah. dads. Which is uh, interesting because, as we will discover later in the series, Riker has a very strained relationship with his father. But it's actually going to come up probably next uh, disc. Yeah. This, uh, this season, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, Pulaski's in it. Because oh. remember, Pulaski and Riker's dad had a thing. Oh, God, oh, I forgot about right. that. That's why they don't talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair. I'm with him. Yeah, like, I, I, I can forgive everything else, but Pulaski... <laughs> <laughs> what would be worse? Discovering your father had uh, had, a, had a romantic interlude with Pulaski or that your mother had a romantic interlude with uh, Data? Pulaski. Pulaski all the way. Okay. What about... Data's fully functional and like, yeah, programmed in multiple fine. techniques. You know? Okay, okay. And he's Data's a handsome a, android. Yeah, yeah. He, Data's a machine. Like, in... <laughs> right. Like, literally. Who else do we hate on? What about, um... What if my daughter ended up dating uh, Alexander? Luxana <laughs> no. Troy. Ugh. What about Data when he's uh, got the consciousness of um, the guy from... Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, oh uh, Harlan Ellison. Harlan. What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> oh. I can't remember. Grandpa. Uh, yeah, Grandpa. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Grandpa. I don't even remember the Forget already. Name. Ira Graves. Ira Graves. Ira Graves. Yeah, what if it's Ira Graves? And oh, Dave's God, body? no. No good. Uh, I mean, that, that's bound to come up for some people, judging from how he tells it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. Women loved him. Your mothers loved him. <laughs> and do love him. Your mom especially. <laughs> Damn you, Ira Graves. She knows what I'm talking about. He definitely knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Awful. Uh, so they, they have a bit of a heart to heart and he, he talks and talks to the other two uh, Klingons who are surprised that he has a sense of humor because yeah. you know their perception of Starfleet people is that yeah, they're, they're humorless just stuffy and, humans yeah, yeah and, and Riker's Ry- Ry- got Worf to work with who's like you know yeah. dead, dead weight comedically yeah yeah except well, it, it, it's, no. no Worf is great his Worf is funny Worf is hilarious perfect. Yeah. In, in reality Worf is hilarious yeah yeah, yeah. You know, uh, well, who's gonna tuck him in at night I will accept that respect <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So yeah, good. it's just he Worf never like intentionally the, tells jokes. He's the he's ultimate just funny. man. Yeah, worth tucking Wesley and I assume involves him just putting him in the sleeper <laughs> hole. <laughs> yeah. Be still, my dog of war. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so one of the Klingons, uh, his his father has died valiantly in battle, and the other one, he no longer speaks to his father because he was captured by the Romulans mm-hmm. and set free, and now just well, he, waits for death. He wasn't set free; he escaped. He escaped, right. and and now he just waits for death on uh, on the Klingon homeworld. What a loser! Which is, which is dishonorable. You know, very dishonorable. Why doesn't he go? Out and- get killed I don't know maybe, that's what's maybe uh, years of being in prison uh, oh, like, maybe. maybe they broke him maybe. broke him in so much that he wants to live like it's it's it's, I, it's well, weird. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe you know maybe it's or I suppose that he's supposed to be that he's afraid of death. Yeah, now, exactly. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. Klingons, right? I mean, what? Do, do you think they have suicide booths? Suicide booths. I would think that suicide is considered highly dishonorable, though. Yeah. One would I mean, I, I I do feel like, but in like, a lot of ways, they are sort of modeled after Japanese culture, and wherein you know, suicide is an honorable way out. Not so much current lit day, but well, you know, that that's sort of the classic depiction that. <laughs> The Klingons, but only sort of modeled on only under certain originally. circumstances. Exactly, though. like they they can't just you know commit Harry Carry whenever they want. Exactly, yeah. You know there has to be like a specific reason. You know, like uh, you know. How, I, I've read Mishima. I, I know. Yeah. How far do you think it goes? It's stretched though in Klingon culture. Like you know, can you can you die in battle against? Uh, I don't know pollution. Like, 
Did you jump into a furnace or something? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think that's stretching it a bit. I don't. Where, where one, do you draw think, the line? I don't think Klingons really care about the environment all that much. No. Well, okay. I, you know, remember what they did to Praxis. Sure. But anyway, so like they, he he kind of bonds with these guys. He he becomes friends with them because you yeah. know it's it's his innate Rikerness. It, it appeals to everybody. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean, that's just the thing. Frakes is fucking charming. He is. You know, and it's interesting. Like in like his first scene aboard when he's walking down the hallway and like in the far shot you can see that the Klingon has lifts in his boots because all the Klingon boots have that to make them look taller Mm -hmm. and Riker of course does not but Riker is the same height as this Klingon because Jonathan Frakes is a a giant yeah like even like the like Chris Lotta is Mm 6'2 you know and and Riker's taller than him Uh, yeah the uh, so meanwhile back on the Enterprise that they start to figure out how what's going on with this thing and they gotta they gotta go find the Klingons and the Klingons consider this an act of war (laughs) yeah yeah, the Klingons, like, they, they, at this point, you know... They've discovered the stuff that's on yeah, the ship. Yeah, and... It has at, eaten through a layer of the hull already. Yeah, but now, at this point, this is where, for me, the episode hits kind of a stumbling block. Because, at this stage, the Klingons become kind of dumb. Like, they, they jump to, like, very specific conclusions very quickly without, with, with very little evidence and just lock in on that path. And you brought it yeah, up. Yeah, m- my feeling on this is, the the concept here is, they may or may not be aware that it, it seems unlikely that the, the Enterprise actually did this to them, that they intentionally infected them with whatever this is. Yeah. But whether they did or they didn't, they know that, like, they, they've analyzed it and they know that they've got about eight hours before the ship collapses in on itself and everyone dies. And that's not really a very valiant way to die for the Klingons. Their their ship just collapsing. So they're going to go out in a blaze of glory attacking the Enterprise instead. How is that not suicide, though? It's still, it's it's, still it's war. Still, it's still it's battle. It's still battle. You know, it's, I, think they, I know, it's it's totally a form of suicide, but it's it's battle, so it's still honorable. Whatever. I, I like That's sort of my read on it. So you declare war on like a quart, like five quarts of whiskey. Like, <laughs> is that honorable? Like A quart of whiskey isn't sentient and can't fight back. It, it isn't another battleship. Fine. Yeah, no. You you know perfectly well that uh, the Klingons... They're just stretching s- it then. I, I, okay, no, I, I fine, agree. They're, fine, they're fine. stretching it, but I... I yeah. That, that is sort of my read of the situation because it is a little absurd. He's not really willing to listen to any reason. Yeah. And the, it seems like just a thing with the Klingons is they're probably not going to feel okay with asking for help. Yeah. Like, whether the the Enterprise is <laughs> coming to help them or not, they're really not okay with having to ask. They would really literally rather die. They would yeah, rather die. Absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so I, I find it a little hard to swallow just in as much as, like, you know, like, I get that, yeah, maybe that's the mentality that's driving it, you know, like, go out in a blaze of glory as opposed to, you know, die by, you know, our ship having a hole in it. Uh, but on on the other hand, it's like, well, if we can find out what this is and fix it, we live to fight another day and maybe we'll ha- die in an actual honorable, glorious death yeah. against an actual enemy, you know? Because at this stage, the, uh, the peace treaty between the Klingons and uh, the Federation is pretty old. Like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, about a hundred years old at this point, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. So it's a little... I, I've always found it a little weird uh, that the Klingons are still so adversarial towards the Federation who are their allies and have been for a hundred years. I think the thing is just that they're adversarial to everybody. Yeah. That, that's the nature of yeah. how they interact with people. And maybe the, the hidden subplot here is that Captain Kaga, Kagan... Kagan? 
Cog, he's, I don't know. Whatever. Chris he Latta. Is, he is nearing the end of his career. Yeah. Not only that, but maybe he has some rare disease could that be. is untreatable, and he's looking for a way to die with honor. Yeah, and and I, like I, I could totally see that too because he does seem. Mm-hmm. Like he he is an older Klingon, like yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, he's certainly not a picture of health. No, no, he no. he does seem like he is in his dwindling years, especially for a Klingon who you know yeah, they, like, they do tend to die young. Like he certainly wouldn't last in a fight with any of his crew. No, he's a completely unique medical condition known as Cobra Commander's disease. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, basically, the, the captain orders Riker to help him uh, take down the Enterprise, and he, he wants him to give him the code. The secrets, yeah, yeah the access codes. Give me the secrets of the Enterprise. <laughs> and Riker's just like, no. <laughs> Secret one, Jordy doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the Klingon Empire knows that. Don't Try waste, again. Don't waste my time with such trivialities. <laughs> So basically, he says, "Look, I already took an oath to Starfleet, and that, like that that doesn't conflict with my oath with you guys. I will fight to the death here with you and die with you, but, but I'm not, I'm not going you... to go back on my other oath." And you know, the second officer is basically on Riker's side. Like he sees that what's happening is ridiculous. Like he understands, like you know, our captain's about to you know go to war with an ally for reasons that don't make a whole lot of sense. Why would they do this? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Why would they send? Yeah. Their, their first officer yeah, over the ship. They, they don't volunteer for death. They're not Klingons. They're humans. This is So that, that's like the weirdly, oddly touching scene after yeah, that. No, no, it, nothing about this adds up at all. Yeah, so the, the second officer is on Riker's side. He kind of gets it. And then the captain, the, the Captain Kagan's actually like, he agrees with him after he refuses, after Riker refuses to go up the secrets of the Enterprise, but then insists yeah. that he will die serving, yeah. the, he will, he basically, he like, will obey both If you had oaths. given me the secrets, I would have killed you and declared you a traitor. Now you will die with us. Yeah, no, and, and the then captain, they like, have an almost kiss. Yeah, like yeah. the captain appears to be like legit moved. Yeah, like like they like he's holding Riker's shoulder. Their faces are uncomfortably close together, and you're just watching. It's like, uh, when is it going to happen? What, kiss him, you fool! What was I thinking? The boathouse was the time. Ah, uh, so good. So Riker, he, before he went aboard, he was given a little doodad, a uh, gizmo, a Worf. going away present by Worf, a little uh, a little transponder thing that command uh, a beacon. Yeah, so that Worf would be beacon. able to uh, beam him out of there in a hurry, if, just in case, just in case. Oh, mm-hmm. Good old Worf. So uh, he pulls that out of his shoe, and uh, not too subtly, not no. subtly at all. But, but that, that, that was, was intentional because mm-hmm. uh, it alerts the captain immediately. Like, what is that? Is that a weapon? Give it to me. He's like, isn't that a weapon? Here you go. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. check it out. Yeah, it's just pretty neat. It's my keychain. This, this is uh, this, this is little, my this is my e-cigarette. Yeah, it's my little clicker. Uh, so he gives it to the captain, and then the captain gets beamed off the uh, the ship by the Enterprise, who is On, out there searching onto the bridge of the yeah. Enterprise. And uh, Riker then takes takes command of the uh, of the Klingon ship, and oh, which had been cloaked up till this moment, so the Enterprise yeah. could not find them. Yeah, they knew they were in the vicinity, but uh, yeah, they were cloaked, couldn't find them, and now Riker can defuse the situation because he's, he's and he does it in a very badass. way. Way. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he, he uncloaks. He, he uh, readies all weapons, and he calls for the Enterprise's surrender, which uh, Picard gladly accepts. Yeah, but Worf is not happy about oh, it. Oh no, brother, surrender, oh, Riker. <laughs> 
how dare you leave and dishonor me like this? Their, their next calisthenic session with the Finglonger? <laughs> uh, That's going to be Worf, rough. Worf's going to cut him up. Don't worry, Mordon <laughs> is going to get introduced to the Finglonger <laughs> after this. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, also, like a little earlier, uh, Wesley gives uh, Modon a, a pep talk, essentially, because Modon's super down on himself because he's failed to assimilate into... Yeah, because he acted like an asshole. Yeah. So, Wesley and them and Modon have a moment. They should have kissed too, but it didn't happen. Lots of... Uh, they did. You know why? It's the vaping. vaping. Yeah, yeah. There, there were lots of moments in this episode for, for romance that just fizzled on the screen you know they, they were well i mean it was it was the it was the 80s they were just they weren't uh, brave enough and, and of course jordy's romance <laughs> yeah. just couldn't even make it to the scene yeah that's that's why jordy's <laughs> not in this episode at all you know they just they just cut him out so just the, the sparks of homosexual tension are just crackling all over the place oh, in this yeah. episode yeah this is a this is a slash fic writer's dream Definitely. this episode yep. there's, there's probably a million fics out there that take place like during or after <laughs> this episode I've heard enough this episode gets ten thumbs up <laughs> a, a sexy matter of honor or a oh. matter of sexy honor it's <laughs> uh. a matter of on her <laughs> oh terrible but her, her being him yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway so um how do admiral we... <laughs> I'm done Drop the mic. <laughs> All right, really? Do you want to give this? A no, uh, no. I'll give it a uh, commander. I, yeah, I'm going to go commander, commander. on this episode. This in honor a, of Commander Riker. Yeah, yeah this is man. a good one. Commanders cross the board from all of us. That's yep. uh, that's good stuff. So here we have like one of like amongst our first really good good episodes. I'd of, say so. Of yep. this season, like we've only had one or two previous to this that were you know yeah like good good. The, the construction of this episode was great like there's nothing really to it, it's there, there's moments maybe of goofiness but they feel great the story isn't isn't you know there's nothing embarrassing happening yeah there's some really great ideas the whole yeah. uh, officer exchange program is just yeah is great idea. and that's gonna yeah. come back and the, the performances are really good like lots of good everyone was good Frakes Ooh. is great yeah there are a lot like, of good performances oh <laughs> hello he's, he's awesome like he's I mean again like we're huge huge fans of his anyway we're like, we major Chris Lotta nerds so oh, while man. we were watching this episode uh the voice of the commander was uh, of the captain was uh bugging me i was like i've heard that voice before so i looked it up on uh, on the imdb but and you- then i like like i immediately interrupted our view and i'm like holy shit holy shit holy shit it took me like it I took mean, me a moment to finally spit it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was too excited. Like I like I already kind of said, like this episode I've seen many, many, many times. And I have <laughs> no idea that was him until now. But the the role that he plays is really good. Like he's yeah, it's memorable. Yeah, and you know as well, like there are some moments that could possibly be shaky in terms of character motivation. But I feel that there's enough there to suggest yeah. what what may be going on. Yeah, such that I, I never feel like it's totally inconsistent. Yeah, in, you, you never end up in the episode going what no. yeah I think one of the criticisms that we level against a lot of the shows is that oh this particular issue could have simply been addressed with one line of dialogue mm. this episode didn't have that same problem because they did give us that one line of dialogue the yeah. couple times that it came up I thought yeah right? yeah absolutely like, which is nice yeah it's like oh hey great work guys hooray not treating us like idiots yeah it, it was intelligently written very well performed just mm. yeah pretty great all around indeed alright so I think I think we covered it yeah rather nicely right. um next week yeah, very one of the all time classics yeah 
Measure of a man. Yeah. Data's uh, status. We're really getting spoiled here because like, there's this one, then the yeah. next one, and then it might be just the rest of this might be direct. Yeah, I don't know what's coming I can't coming remember up what else is, is coming. Don't oh, well. No, don't spoil it. No, okay. we'll, we'll find out when we get there. All right, all right. Please join us again next week for Measure of a Man. We'll be watching the extended version. Yes, indeed. Good stuff. Thank you for joining us here aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. Jay. And we will see you next time.